The Chosen One is a heartwarming and exhilarating tale of resilience, determination, and the power of believing in oneself. It showcases the transformative journey of a young athlete who rises above adversity to become a legend in the world of Australian rules football, forever leaving an indelible mark on the sport. Get ready to witness the epic rise of a true fantasy hero as Ben Keyes embraces his destiny and inspires a generation with his remarkable skills and unwavering spirit. Ben Keyes, the Chosen One, out now. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of Zach Merritt is my dad. Why'd you have to say that, man? Because it's my team name. I'm up and about. What, you've Things changed have, it? Yeah. You've changed Lockout's the name. lifted. The name is changed. The fortunes have changed. The Cousins are back, baby. Wait, so if I look right now at our... League, don't I will look. see. Don't name. look. Just, so just you, pretend it's my name. So you lied to me. <laughs> I didn't. I, I'm not a liar. <laughs> you better, you better change it, mate. I've been trying to get you to change it all year. This is the week, man. I changed it last week. You didn't even notice. I said something different. What? What? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. FFF fives, yeah. F and failures. I yeah. remember, mate. Yeah. Don't test. Don't test the the memory. But I thought you meant you. You actually changed it I, for real. <sighs> I just wanted to reflect my mood, come in and, you know, represent how we're going this week on the podcast. And this week, Zach Merritt is my dad. That's my team name. That's the spirit that I'm change, embodying this week. Change the name, mate. No, 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 Hey, mate, Nat Fife is is rocketing into calculations this week. Look, he is. I, I've actually been pushing him in out to our group of people <laughs> for the last couple. I'm getting keen, mate. I think next week might be the yep. week to go, but we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. So if there's ever a time to keep the name, it's now. That's true. That's true. He could be relevant for the rest of the year yep. in, in some way. So we are up and about this week. It has been the first of the buy rounds, round 12, Done and dusted. Lockout lifted like 10 minutes ago. So it's fresh. It's raw. We're feeling good. It's been good. How'd you go, cuz? Phenomenal, mate. It was a great week all around. I scored 1937. My rank moved up about 3K spots into 10,607. I'm still in the 10K club, but I reckon I'm going to be in the 5K club come the end of the buys. The subs are up and about. It was a good week. There was no bad, real bad scores that counted. It was just good watching all round, mate. What about yourself? Well, I came in hot with a 1969, and my rank is up to 7,784th. So I moved about 2,500 spots. So very, very, very stoked with how this week went for me. Um, man, and we'll get into some of, the, some of the reasons why, but I think we both... We'd, we nailed the trade-ins this week. It feels good. We, it feels good to finally be up and about about the trades. We did, mate. I'm chuffed. Chuffed. Absolutely chuffed. I can't stop smiling. It just feels so good, mate. I tell you what, in a season that has been so disappointing to date, just nailing your trades like that just brings back a little bit of, little bit of joy. And it's just <laughs> a nice reminder that, yeah, we're good coaches. 
it's just been a it's just been a rough year, mate. It's funny. It, it feels like the last probably month or so, we've just been swinging for the fences, like Glenn Maxwell style. Like yeah, you, we've been reverse <laughs> just, reverse sweeping. Sweeps. Yeah, <laughs> reverse slog sweeps everything. And three weeks in a row, we've gotten out for a duck. But this week, bang, we scored one twenty off. 50 balls. Man. Just absolutely just stri- smashed it. <laughs> Everywhere. Whacking them all over the park. Um, and so maybe it's a good time to actually get into what we did specifically. Let's get into our hogs and flogs for this week. And we're going to start with our hogs. <laughs> Who'd you have? Baba Yaga. Ben Keys. And I'll tell you what, mate. He's not exactly the boogeyman, but Ben Keys is the one you sent to kill the f- Boogeyman, <laughs> he dropped a 123, mate, on season debut for the subs because he finds his way in every year. But what a phenomenal sight watching him just sprint off row towards the goals, stoppage after stoppage after stoppage. It was as good as it gets, and I, uh, uh, I'll never forget it ever. <laughs> It was easily my fantasy highlight of the year, mate. It was <laughs> it was so good to watch. Oh, for those playing along at home, what were you quoting just then? John Wick, mate. John Wick. John Wick, which is now about Ben Keys. He he's Jesus. an assassin. Jesus Christ, mate. Yeah, the savior, the chosen one. Ben Keys, the chosen one. He. Got, I brought him in as well. I'm chuffed as well. I would have I would have made him a hog if Keys wasn't so determined to talk about him. Uh, himself. Anyway, so I'm going to shift across to my hog for this week. And I said it before, Zach Merritt is my dad. And this week, captain, my captain, brought it home. 34 touches, two goals, 11 marks, six tackles for a 155. And he now has a three-round average of 141.3. It feels bad. Have some of that. Yeah, what a start. I mean, I called it I called it on the pod last week, one of my bold predictions, mate, that he would he would drop a 150 and he did it. He's just such a stud. When Zarat's rolling like that, there's nothing better to watch. 68 in the first quarter. What is that, mate? It's crazy stuff. It's he, I love Zarat. He's the man. He's so good. Oh, he was in cheeky mode as well. Like Zarat, he he has a cheeky side to him. Like full hog mode. Um there was this one play at the very start where he got the center clearance, whacked it forward, and then sprinted. Oh, I think he, I think he kicked it onto like Guelphie's chest or something, and then he sprinted in space and got like a plus twelve from there. So yeah, he got the center clearance and then sprinted to get the mark and goal at the end of it. It was just so beautiful to watch. And a crazy stat for you: he loves playing North Melbourne. So last he year, does. last year we all know the game infamous game he scored a 172 but he had 135 in the second half so after his 68 point first quarter this week against north melbourne he had he had three quarters in a row against him where he'd gone 75 60 and then 68 for a total of 203 points yeah imagine if he <laughs> bonkers mate imagine if he did that all in one game and dropped just like the highest fantasy score ever ever yeah but 203 in three quarters yeah. that has to be a record it's ridiculous that has it's to re- be a record yeah it, it surely would be it's ridiculous stuff mate as a non-owner it's a bit distressing to watch the worst thing about it and i'm not too flat because it was a good week but still watching 
Like he, he started getting a tag after quarter time and he took four uncontested marks in a quarter with a tag. I was like, mate, he was just burning shields off. And then towards the end of the game, they were literally switching it like 50 meters back to just get him the ball. I was like, you don't need to kick it that far back, mate. What do you mean? Uh, he was in cheeky mode for sure. It's funny stuff, mate. But uh, Zeret's a beast. I love him. That's what you get. I love him. I'm flat because I, I was, I'm an OG Zeret lover. I said it last week. I'm an OG Zeret owner this year. I was on him when he was under 5% ownership. Um, and you know, he's, he's becoming more and more popular for good reason. Um, if you don't have him get on board after his buy, just get him into your team. He's so good. Yep. All right. Who's your vlog <laughs> for this week? There was only one man this week that truly let me down in my team. Rory Laird, man. 81. Are you joking? The other Adelaide mid scored well, Dawson and Keys. Laird just didn't want to get involved. CBAs were high. He had the most for the team. Tog was Tog was solid. I just I can't. It's just annoying. Laird just dropped one of his random stinkers, but it happened to be in my second week of Laird ownership when I chose him also over Zeret. Just a little bit frustrating, Lady mate. So I would like <laughs> a bit more from you this week because uh, he was my VC too, and I almost almost did a silly thing. Well, it wouldn't have actually been silly because it's called well, but VC Darcy Cameron against West Coast, who was our other inclusion this week. And if I did, Led would have been my captain. So it could have been much, much worse. Yeah. So just to reiterate, we both got Ben Keys and we both got Darcy Cameron this week. And it was just excellent. Keeps is just blowing his nose as quietly as he can right now. Apologies. I tried, I tried to move <laughs> as far away from the mic as possible. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You had a stressed look on your face as you did it. <laughs> and then I had to highlight it. Anyway, we're going to move on to my vlog for this week. And it's Jack Zebel. He's one of our boys, the Z goal. But honestly, what he's dishing up is just not good enough. He had um, one of his worst games that I've seen him play in it ages he's kicking out on the full just getting out marked like i reckon he must have been sick or something because he just looked cooked like he he looked like he was out of it man i don't yeah. know did you did you watch much of it were you watching him closely yeah I, I saw a decent chunk of the game and he was just getting out muscled by literally everyone just kept getting himself in bad spots was getting bodied under the ball like yeah just a bad game i wouldn't read too much into it but yeah it's a, a bit frustrating as an owner because he's not he, I mean, he's not unique, but he's not like super popular either now. So just a, a bit of a frustrating one. I understand the pain, mate. He only had two kick-ins. Hall had five. That's annoying. Yeah. So usually Zebes is like the, the main guy back there taking the kick-ins. This week, no. Just handed them all off. Didn't care. Just sucked. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, man, like he junked it to get to his 73. Um, I think he had 30-odd in the last quarter or something. Yeah, he was on like 30, 38 at three-quarter time, I want to say. disgusting. So. But anyway, he's firmly, firmly put himself on the chopping block for probably all his owners for his round 15 buy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you think he's a keeper? I, at this stage, I'm, I'm looking at jumping off. I think, I think he's going to be around the top 10 mark for forwards and defenders, but... Oh yeah, maybe like ten to twelve. You could keep. He could be a long term keep, but he's he's not someone that you'd want at the end of the season in your team because he's probably you know even though he dropped that enormous score on the Saints, I can't really see much more of that coming. And other than that one game, his scoring's been pretty average. So yeah, I'm I'm probably looking to move him on when his when his buy rolls on. That's that's my thoughts. Well, other than that huge game against the Saints, yeah, he has he had one ton in his other 
eight previous games, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, pr- it's pretty, a lot pretty of no- average. Yeah, a lot of 90s and 80s, but he's not doing a lot. And I think also with Rats, you know, intermittently taking the reins, there's probably going to be a bit less of that, like, real junky chipping it around that there has been. Um, I mean, there already has been less of it. And, yeah, Hall, Hall playing and taking kick-ins is a massive concern. So, yeah, look to move him on. I think it's a, I think it's a, a good idea. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our hot bakes for this week. Hot bakes. Have you got anything, Keeps? Oh, I did have something written down, but I touched on it last week. I'll touch on it quickly because I'm annoyed still at Adam Simpson <laughs> for bringing in O'Neill last minute last week. It's the reason I don't have Zeret in my team because I end up going with Noah Anderson and Laird. And, yeah, I've had to watch Zeret just drop an enormous score, which I knew was coming this week, but I, I thought the clamp was coming. It didn't come. Just a bit just a bit flat about it, to be honest. But, oh, well, if, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Adam Simpson, you're a bitch. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really funny. That was that was a pathetic effort at a bake. No, nah, it's not. <laughs> look, it's kind of a self bake because I, I haven't. I have a new rule, a new important rule when it comes to making team selections, and it's to just completely disregard the possibility of tags in any form from anywhere in any decision. Just pretend it doesn't exist because it prevented me from getting Dacos like a million times earlier in the year. It prevented <laughs> me from getting Zeret. It's made me mess around with captains when I should have just gone, played the straight bat. It's just, it just, it never works out the way you think it's going to. So just AFL coaches in general, just don't ever tag. Yeah, I mean. We he, won't have to consider it as a possibility. Even Taranto <laughs> this week, like the Giants came out and said they would, they would look to put a bit of attention into him. And it's like. That's why, nah, I, didn't, that's why I didn't put the C on him. No worries, boys. I put the C on Tom Green instead. And like, I mean, Tom Green was fine. It was only a 15 point difference, but. Just disregard what coaches say. Disregard taggers because they don't make a difference, people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This week, I don't have any angry rant. I have what I'd call a mild bake. I've written. (laughs) So you made fun of me for just softly, (laughs) softly touching on Adam Simpson's annoyance. And now you're going to do the same thing. Softly touching Adam Simpson. Oh, mate. I'll (laughs) aggressively touch Adam Simpson. Oh, geez. All right. Uh, <laughs> no, back back on track. I've got a mild bake, but I'm flagging it. I'm flagging it. At least I'm not saying it's a hot bake. I'm actually writing a letter, just a concerned letter to my player, Bailey Smith. Is it a chat GPT letter? No. It is, isn't no. it? <laughs> Dear Bailey Smith, I hope this letter finds you well. As a devoted fan and fantasy team manager, I wanted to reach out to you with a creative analogy that highlights the contrasting performances between you and Tim Taranto. Picture a magnificent orchestra where each musician plays a crucial part in creating a symphony of brilliance. In this analogy, Taranto stands as the conductor, guiding the orchestra with passion and precision. His performances have been like a conductor's baton, bringing forth harmonious melodies and captivating the audience. However, I regret to say that your role in my fantasy team has been akin to a musician playing out of tune, disrupting the harmony and the beauty of the music. Your contributions, though occasional flashes of brilliance, have left my team struggling to find its rhythm and perform at its best. I sincerely hope that this analogy serves as a source of inspiration for you. Your dedication and commitment to improvement will not only elevate my fantasy team, but also harmonize the hearts of fans who eagerly await your transformation into a musician in perfect tune with the team. 
Yours sincerely, Jados. Yeah, so you, you've brought a little bit of your outside the podcast life into the podcast, <laughs> mixed mixed it around. You know, I just had to give him a bit of a bit of an analogy. You know, get him get him thinking outside the box and just you know think about doing better, be more like Tim Taranto. You know, that's that's all there is to it, man. Are you going to send it to him? Yeah, maybe I will. Don't <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bailey, come on, man. Come on, man. This is my mild bait to you. Please be better. It's been disappointing, mate. <laughs> I captained him last week for a 67. What a dog. Yeah. What a dog. Yeah. Just, you know what? Trelaw comes back into the team. Just all the CBAs literally obliterated Geelong. Trelaw had a huge game. That's just concerning for the prospects of Bailey Smith getting CBAs and Bevo and, you know, just bad, bad stuff all around. Trelaw is just that much better. Trelaw's a beast, mate. Bailey, Bailey Smith is overrated. I hate the guy. You know what? This is my hot bait coming in now. Bailey Smith, you suck, man. You're, you're a spud. He averages like 60 in my team over the years. Disgusting. I talked about it last week. If you really want to know the stats on it, listen to last week's episode because it is disgusting. He dropped a 40 and then a 50 back-to-back in my team in 2021. Traded him out. He went crazy. He went berserk. He became an uber primo. Didn't own him at all last year. Then I finally trade him in this year when he's getting CBAs. No, straight out of the mid-rotation, drops a 67 on my head. Yeah. Bailey Smith, I hate you, mate. Yeah, we're not. You're hot baked. We're not Bailey Smith fans of the Cousins <laughs> pod. At this point, hey, it can still be changed. It can be turned around. He can make beautiful music for our teams. He better, mate. And he can take us to the promised land. But Just like Ben Keys. We call him Baba Yaga. And it's Ben Keys. What a guy. <laughs> what a beautiful man. Did you know that I saw him kill three men in a bar with a pencil? <laughs> with a fucking pencil. Baba Yaga, Ben Keys. Oh, what a guy. The John Wick comparisons continue. It's not a comparison, mate. He is, <laughs> he is John Wick. John Wick is him, actually. John Ke- John Wick is Ben Keys. <laughs> uh, what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! I can't. It's just, I'm going to be happy forever. <laughs> <laughs> we did say we said on Friday, no matter how the rest of our team does, if Ben Keys shows up, <laughs> goes well, we are just going to be so stoked on the podcast the whole time, and we just are. Ben I- Keys, the man, the one and only. Can't stop smart. I feel like I just won the lottery, mate. <laughs> I'm a rich man now. Rich with happiness and good vibes because of Ben Keys. It feels good. It does, mate. It's good. All right, let's move on to our next segment. It is the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, so we haven't done this segment in a little while. So for those of you playing along at home, it is our way of reviewing the weekend, recapping what's gone well, who's gone well, who's gone bad, who's gone ugly, you know, touch on what's happened in the games. But our new way that we're going to do it is that we're going to just nominate one player for each category from across all the games. So why don't you kick us off, Keebs? Who have you got? All right, my good this week, big Timmy, Timmy English, 158. Your call of him becoming a pig by the end of the year, it could it could happen, mate. There's a chance. Keep doing stuff like this, and it's it is very likely that he's the next rock pig at the very least. Um, yeah. He's super popular. 
everyone's got him. Everyone enjoyed the, the greatness that was on display on Saturday night, but high score for the round as well. It's just what you like to see. Keep, keep, keep doing it, Timmy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm nominating for the good. Zach Butters, and this one hurts as a non-owner and as someone who was keen, it's excruciatingly painful to watch him be the best player in the comp since like round three when he was moved into the mids. It's it's painful. Um, he's so good. So he scored a 129 this week, kicked a snag, 26 disposals, eight marks, seven tackles. That is an all-round fantasy game. And he's just getting it done. It doesn't, it doesn't look like anything's going to stop him other than an injury. He's now the third favorite for the brown low as well. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Zach Butters. Yeah, I can't Third. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. After he started playing predominantly forward this year, I was like, oh, it's just going to be the exact same as it was last year. No, nah, he is I, – I, I don't even know how to describe it, mate. He's the, he's the best player in the league. He's number one in play rating since round three. Third favorite for the brown low now. I don't understand what's happening. I can't believe those words are coming out of your mouth. You are a Zach Butters hater from way back. I am. And mate. honestly – doesn't matter. Honestly, I think it's rubbed off on me a little bit. That's why I'm so I, I'm a Zach Butters lover, but somehow I'm not on board when he's finally good. Look, what he did to us last year was it was pretty distressing stuff. It's it's justified. The the disdain is justified. <laughs> but look, he's changed he's changed my mind now, and I would love to have him in my team. The problem is he's 918k now. Yeah. He was like 697. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> he's, oh. he's shot up like Pain, pain. 220k in like six weeks, mate. Mate, I remember. I remember the phone call that we had when we were considering him that week when he was under 700k. He was up against West Coast that week. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't do it. To be fair, in that specific game, he only dropped an 80. But since then, man, just tons all over the place. Dropped dropped a career best game where he had 40 and two. Like, just all some crazy stuff. That's actually the reason why he got away from us. Because say he dropped a 115 on on West Coast, we probably would have got him that week. We would have been like, all right, the the Butters role is real. He looks good. He's done two like massive weeks in a row. You just got to do it. But because he sort of like gradually built his way into form after getting the midfield role, it was like, oh yeah, but now he's like 800K. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's you've missed the boat. And then he keeps getting better. Now he's 900K and you really have missed the boat. Yeah. It's flat. It's extremely frustrating because I made the choice to get Baz over him. Oh, me too. But the thing is, if you look at like past form and even even past role, Baz has the chocolates. Baz's form to start last year was phenomenal. Like he, he's been the better player till this point of their careers from a fantasy standpoint by far so it made sense it's just butters has just had a, a, a massive breakout and it's just unfortunate for non-owners all right i'll get into my bad and i've gone with sheasel for a 64 i know he's a rookie but i guess the reason this score is so bad is because his price is going to start plummeting now and his buy is round 15 so a lot of people are going to be forced into holding for two more weeks um and if he's dropping in price, that could be a bit of a problem. He now has a seven-round average of 87.1 as well. So I think he's sort of like a medium medium to high-priority trade before he loses all his money. It was just a bad week to be bad. That's it. That's that, all you got. That's pretty, Great. That's pretty much it. B, B, <laughs> B is at 117 now, so... It's hard to see him getting that based on his on his you know seven game average of eighty seven. I just I think he's going to drop. 
at least 50k before their buy. Yeah. The thing, it's just, there's something about trading him out that scares me. A, because he has a ceiling and he was so good to start the year. Yeah, but... And he's high ownership. But I mean, maybe it's maybe it's like because I'm still in deep, deep pain from the Ashcroft trade out <laughs> that I did three weeks ago and just watching Ashcroft drop a 106 and then like a 127. He's still a rook at the end of the day though. Like after those two scores, Ashcroft dropped a 46. You know, Sheasel dropped a 40, you know, a while ago now, but his it last- happens, yeah. Yeah, his last few weeks haven't been phenomenal by any stretch. So- you know, the high BE, the the lower average. I mean, I, I felt like he was seriously overperforming in his first few games anyway. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, it, you know, it's a good time to trade if you can. It just sucks for the people that are forced into holding now for two extra weeks and are going to have to deal with that massive price decline. All right, the thunder has struck. We're moving on to my bad. And it is Braden Fiorini, the pastor, for his 60. Now... Cause have you have you seen that video? I think it's from about a month ago. That that guy and his son doing the little Fiorini chant. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> they're sitting at the ground. They're like fantasy fans, and they're just. Uh, I think it was. Maybe. I think it was when they were here at Optus Stadium against West Coast. I think I might have seen. And it. it's like this guy's got his 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 kid just to sing this Fiorini chant. Fiorini, Fiorini. Anyway, it's just it's funny because they're just pumping him up. But I think Fiorini deserves a different chant. So I've got one written here for you. <laughs> Cop this, Braden. Braden, so out of touch. Your football skills, we haven't seen too much. A fumble here, a stumble there. Your presence on the field, we can't bear. Braden, the football's foe. You kick so weak, they barely go. You're lost in the game. You can't find your way. A laughing stock, you always stay. Cop that, Braden. Slammed. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, 60, not good enough, mate. Uh, 60 uh, after a 33. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- woeful, actually woeful. And if you're an owner at this point, we both jumped off. We went Fiorini to Keys just just quietly. Yep. Just if we, <laughs> we, we got Ben Keys this week. No, um, but if you are still an owner, I think you, you just got to, yeah, jump off this week. If you were hoping to hold him... Through round fourteen and round fifteen, I think you just got to abandon that plan. Get rid of him. He's still got money on on his head. Like you can probably get him up to like a Jack Steele type, Brad Crouch, Lockie Neal. He oh, man, you got three trades. You you got you got to get him to someone good. You can. He dropped thirty k this week, which sucks. Um, B is now at ninety nine as well. So yeah, don't don't hold him. Do not hold him, people. Yeah, don't. Get it's, away yeah. quickly. Yeah. You would trade him over Ratkins, wouldn't you? Absolutely, mate. I, it's, it's a weird comparison because the score was only six points difference, but I felt okay about Atkins 66 this week. If I got Fiorini 60 in my team, I would have been mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's funny. I mean, Atkins only just missed his BA, but yeah, Fiorini. It's just gone horribly wrong. So, all yeah, right. Yeah. We, we, we were owners and, yeah, we felt the pain of that 30 and jump off. Yeah, just get out of there. All right, I'll get into my ugly, which is Sam Walsh for his 55. Yuck, mate. You picked the worst week to do that to your owners. And I feel sorry for anyone who is one. Mark, one of our one of our mates, Nash, is a, is a sad, sad Sam Walsh owner and he was having a pretty bad time on Friday night. Sad sack. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sad sack. Sorry, Nash. Nash. 
<laughs> Sorry, carry on. I didn't mean to interrupt too badly. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's the buy rounds are just the worst times to cop these kind of scores. And if you did get Sam Walsh in the in recent weeks, you had to pay a pretty penny for him. So you never like to see this from Uber Uber Primos who you pay lots for. Also missed out on DPP. Yeah, it's gone horribly wrong from from where he was at like a month ago, where it was like, oh mate, he's looking like he's gonna be DPP going to be like a top two forward, top well, top three maybe. Top nothing forward. Well, yeah. yeah. He, hopefully he's like a top 10 mid now. You know, he, he should He'll st- be okay. Yeah, He'll he should be still be around the mark, but it's just a, it's a big dip. It's a big dip. It took a massive hit off his average. I'm not sure exactly how many points it, it took off his average, but it was, it was big. It was a lot. All right, who's your ugly? All right, so my ugly comes from the Gold Coast game again, and there are a couple of contenders. Let me read them out to you. Rat dropped a 66. Powell dropped a 55. Mac dropped a 42. But no, my ugly goes to big, bad Bodie. Mate, Yulin scored a minus three as the sub with 13% tog. Now, he hasn't played since round two. So if you were an owner and you saw before the game that your, your player that you thought was just gone forever managed to scrape as the sub, you're like, oh, sick, I've got an extra player this week. That's a Macca's little win, you would have thought. <laughs> Some people might have even whacked the C on him thinking he wasn't playing just because he hasn't played in so long. In P- fact, I did see did, a photo. Yeah, we've I seen saw proof. a photo of it. Man, that, that is genuinely cooked. Comes on for a minus three with 13 cent tog. Minus six if he's your skipper. <laughs> <laughs> that, that if anything qualifies for ugly, it has to be that. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. Oh, it's a cruel game sometimes. I do, I do feel bad for any owners because I think there's like 15% of you out there, 14%, and my heart goes out to you. <laughs> I know how... Basic mathematics works, but it's still so funny that the negative score doubles. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine like, imagine if you had to, for whatever reason, like go away on Saturday and like your VC is played and you're like, all right, yeah, that's a good score. I'll take it. Not knowing Yulin's going to be the sub because you never know until like 45 minutes before the game. You get back on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. You're like, fuck man. <laughs> We shouldn't it's laugh. Just, we shouldn't laugh. I'd be so upset if you were listening to this. No, but <laughs> consider apologies, this. No, no, no. If you did the do scenario it. could be even worse as well. Like, what if you were at 17 players <laughs> before that Gold Coast game and you're like, oh man, he's been named a sub. I'm going to get to 18. And your 18th man <laughs> gets <laughs> negative points. <laughs> and you go backwards. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it, I'm sorry. There's probably one poor listener out there listening to this that that co- genuinely copped a minus three, like didn't get didn't get the score rubbed out. Actually, lost three points off their total from Yuland, and I am so sorry. <laughs> if, there, if there's anyone who actually lost six from Yuland as well, yeah, let us know. Yeah, please, please, please message us. Yeah, we <laughs> we will write you a poem for next week if you reach out to us. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. That So that wraps up our good, bad, and ugly for this week. Are you ready? It is time for our Knights of the Round Table discussion. Sting it. We're Knights of the Round Table. We dance where we're able. We do routines to call the scene to footwork in bed cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. Okay, so for any new listeners, our Knights of the Roundtable discussion, we are the 
I mean, we are the Knights of the Roundtable discussing all the relevant news in AFL fantasy land. And um, this week is a pretty quiet news week, isn't it? Yeah. There's not too much to discuss. Relatively so. We're actually the Knights of the three rectangular tables, but... We are, yeah. We, we won't yeah. tell anyone. No. Well, you did just tell everyone. What do you mean? <laughs> but yeah, it was a very it was a very quiet week on the on the news front. I guess there's not really too much to discuss except for trade strat for week two of the buys. That's the only dot point I've got. Yeah. Buy strategy for this week. So what what do you think? What what are you recommending people do? It's a pretty it's a pretty simple one. This week, really, you're just trying to trade out whatever players uh, your structure dictates, like for the coming weeks. So, you know, if you have a lot of players missing on round 15, you're trying to trade out those players to players that are coming off the buy from this week who are going to play the next three games and just basically just try and strengthen your team, have as many green dots as possible coming coming through the, the final three weeks of the buys. Yeah. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird week. I mean, what you just described is like textbook traditional buy strategy. Trade guys coming into their buy to guys who are coming off their buy. But this is a weird week because I think probably all of our listeners, I mean, certainly the two of us have at least 22 playing. So it's like, all right, and um what, you know, who do we trade? Do we trade these guys that have the buy this week or cuz what I'm thinking is it's actually a fantastic week to set ourselves up for round 14 and 15. They're like, this yep. week is something that we've never experienced before as fantasy coaches, which is a buy round where we basically have a full team of players. Yeah, in, so, the, in the middle of the buys. Because we, yeah. we have had buys early in the season. Like, yes. Th- there was yes, one yes, a yes. few years ago, Gold Coast and Port had to buy, and it was like two rounds before the rest, and it was just super awkward. Yeah. But yeah, this one's certainly in the middle where you, your team is just full. Like, yeah. The, the, the two teams that are actually on the buy are two of the least, you know, fantasy relevant yeah. teams as well. <clears throat> yeah. So like what I'm thinking is I think it's a perfect week to actually jump off someone who's underperforming in either round 14 or 50 that 15 that you might be really heavy on. So for me, I'm really heavy on round 14. So I'm looking to go a week early on Warple and I'm looking at getting Warple to Jack Steele. So, even though Warpool is playing this week, usually that would be a big no-no, like trading someone in the buy rounds that is playing that week. But yeah, like I, I think I've got 16 or 17 for, for next week. So like if I go a week early, then I'm set up to, you know, really make some moves next week and then I get my guys back. Well, I get Atkins back. <laughs> yeah. Stuart. <laughs> um, that's that's what I'm thinking, and um, I'm advocating that strategy as just like get ahead for the ones that you're weak on. I know you are weak in round 15, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's a similar thing. So I'm looking at moving off Shees this week because I think he's maxed out. Sheezel, um, yeah, I think he's maxed out. His B has gone up, like we discussed earlier. Um, yeah, I don't think he's around the top six. So I'm looking at moving him to Steel as well, who I think is going to be around the top eight mids for the rest of the year. And then just strengthening red dots for the rest of the buyers and, and bringing in rookies who I think will play every game from, from here or at <clears> least <throat> if they have the buy, they'll stay in the team after their buy. Yeah. 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 Nailing the right rookies and getting off the red dots that aren't playing at all is still a bigger priority than like trading a Warple or like a Will Day, for instance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, get, get rid of your red dots, jump on the rookies um, that are going to get your cash gen rolling for the rest of the season. But then 
we're both advocating, yeah, pull the trigger early on someone you need to that's underperforming, that's really going to let you like fly home through the end of the buys. So I thought this might be a good place to sort of touch on some trade in targets. So say for me, I'm looking to trade out Warple. We thought we'd compile some players that maybe would be good to target. And these are all players who have just come off the round 12 buy. So number one on our list, we have Andy Brayshaw. I mean, his, his numbers speak for themselves. What, he's an uber primo. He's going to be a top four midfielder. Absolute stud. Just had a rest. He started poorly with his um, with his niggle that he had. Uh, but yeah, he's he's come good. And I think he's absolute priority number one if you can get to him. Yeah, I think so. He's going to feature in my bold prediction later. Just a little spoiler for you, mate. Wow. I think, he, yeah, he could be potentially even the highest averaging mid for the rest of the year, if not like top two or three. He's just, it's such an easy pick. He's expensive, but you get what you pay for with Andy. Yep. All right, number two on our list is Caleb Sarong. Similar boat to Andy. He's had a massive, massive breakout this year. He's been awesome. Um, top eight mid, I think. Like we, we yeah, didn't yeah, think he could sustain it, but man, I reckon I reckon he sustains it now. I like it. he, yeah. I'm a proud owner and super coach, and it's yeah, it's so fun. I love Caleb Sarong. He's so good. Um, yeah, he'll he'll certainly be around the mark for the top eight mids for the rest of the year. I'd say at the moment he is one, two, three, four, five. He's fifth, fifth high, fifth highest averaging mid at the moment. There you go. And yeah, I think he sustains similar for the rest of the year. Certainly one hundred five plus, but possibly even even you know one ten plus for the rest of the year. Just such a good breakout. He's doing everything, hitting every stat line, and he's considerably cheaper than Andy Brayshaw as well. So if you're a little bit cash strapped, he's he's a great alternative. You wouldn't you wouldn't feel bad about getting him in, but obviously if you can get to Andy, get him. Um, all right, third on our list, Jack Steele. Now, this might be a bit of a contentious one for a lot of people, but I am a big Jack Steele fan. I'm a big Jack Steele believer. Um, I'd mentioned a couple of weeks ago, he looked proppy. He had a bad game before the bye, but man, a week off, I think I think you can go early on it. Even, even with his break even, I just... Jack Steele, man, like he's going to be around the mark of a top eight mid. I can't see him not being a top eight mid. Yeah, he, the inconsistency earlier in the year definitely has been due to injuries injuries throughout. Um, yeah, I think he's around the top eight mark as well. And having two, really two full weeks to to rest and get his body right for the rest of the year, I think he'll, he'll come out firing. Should be a 110 plus. He's done, in the last two years, he's done 110 and 120. So that speaks for itself, really. Yeah, yep. All right, next on our list is Lockie Neal. Now, Lockie Neal is an uber primo from seasons gone by. He's still, man, still still got it, still got the fantasy chops. I think he's had a couple of tons in his last month or so. Yeah, he's had a fair few. He's actually in solid form now. It was just a slow start to the year for him. He's always been relatively inconsistent. Like he, He's prone to 70s and 60s. He does get tagged. He's the number one tag target at Brisbane, but... I think, you know, he could be around that, maybe not top eight, but, you know, top 10, top 12 mark for the rest of the year. Like, he's done it before. We, we know what Lockie Neal does when he's firing. Well, he, so, okay, here, here are some numbers. Here's a three-round average of 106.7, which is probably maybe slightly over where I project him, but, man, I, like, he's been a 105 guy for a number of years, a number of years. I in 2020, he was the number one midfielder by, by so mile. far. Yep. Yeah, I think certainly for the rest of the year, he could do that 106. I think he's 
you know, he, he's not going to get his year average that high. But second half of the year, he could he could average one ten comfortably. You know, like that that's that's the type of ceiling he's got. Um, he does seem to be getting less attention this year as well. I think the inclusion of dunks to their team has helped him in that regard. So I'd feel pretty comfortable bringing in Neil this week. Yep. All right. Next on our list, now we're starting to get into some of the more risky type areas. We've got Brad Crouch. <clears throat> now sell him to me, Keebs. It's hard. It's a, <laughs> it's a hard sell coming off the form that he's had. He's he's he was really in some some poor form for the five games um, leading up to the game before the bye. Then he dropped his one fourteen. Um, it's just that's always kind of been what Brad Crouch does. He goes through prolonged slumps and then prolonged, you know good form for lack of a better word. Purple patches. It did not. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Did not come to me. Um, yeah. It's just always been what he's done. I think if you bring in Brad Crouch, he could go on a run for you. He did at the end of last year, put up some massive numbers. You can expect around the one Oh five mark from him, maybe slightly less. That's, you know, it's kind of explains why he's cheaper than those other guys. Cause he's not really an Uber premium, but he's someone that you could bring in and you know, he could, he could be a midfield placeholder to, very late in the year at least. Possibly, you know, if he goes on one of those runs of form, he could stay on your team for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's he's put up 105 plus numbers like quite a few times in his career. I would say I'm trying to find the numbers now. I'm scrambling to find them. Quite a quite a fun player to own as well. Oh, Just, I beg to differ. <laughs> Holmesy, he can be. He Holmesy can be. might beg to differ as well. Yeah, he, yeah. He's been a, a sad Brad Crouch owner this year, but when he's rolling, certainly he's like a fun pod to have. And you know not, too many people are going to look to bring him in because because of that inconsistency. So if you jump on and he goes bang, you'll be laughing. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone over <laughs> – sorry, I'm just looking at it now. He's gone over 105 three times in his career. I was trying to stall there for a bit, mate. Yeah, you were. Wait for you to – that's why I did that weird, uncomfortable <laughs> it was, it pretend wasn't even, laugh. It wasn't even worth the stall because the stat was atrocious. Anyway. Um, he's, he's solid, Brad Crouch. He's, he's solid. He's solid. If you get, that's all you man, need to the, know. The price, the price is is the selling point, really, because he's at 804K, which is a bargain for what he can do. I wouldn't say like, oh, you you know, you got to go out of your way to get him into your team. But if he's the best you can get to – he might be a rude, 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 rude pickup for you. Yeah, B is ninety-seven too. So um, he's someone that you can, I guess, wait to see how he comes off the buy. Like what form he 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 comes off the buy with this week, and then possibly get on next week. Yeah, but you can still get him this week. Yeah. Now we have one more smoky for you. Tell me what you think of this, Keebs. Jack Sinclair. Yeah, I I like it. I think he's going to be close to top six defenders. Maybe not quite this year. His form's not as solid as it was last year. But, you know, you're bringing in a, a premium defender. He's 830K, which is probably a little bit more than I would like to pay considering his his recent output. But he's only got really the one big score this year. Yeah, it's. I'm just looking at the scores now. It's really hard to, like, get a gauge on what how his season is going. Like... His price isn't that good because he had a 141 two weeks ago, but also in his last month, he's gone sub 93 of those four games. Jeez. <laughs> so he's gone 82, 141, 72, 79. It's Man. pretty gross if you if you think about it. It's very gross. And that 141, he, he kicked a couple of snags like that. He's not doing that every week. 
Um, his role is a bit inconsistent as well. I was just about to say, he's sort of bounced between midfield and defense. It's kind of annoying when, you, when your players aren't settled into that one role. And it seems like he scores better on halfback. Absolutely. He was last year at least. You know, I still like it. If you're chasing a defender, you could do a lot worse this week. It's probably not one for me, but I, I wouldn't really discourage anyone else from going near him. No. All right. So those... Those are basically the the primo targets coming off their buy. Now, I've got a couple of other names for your keeps and we'll make it we'll try and make it a quick fire, but these are some players that you oh, you maybe can, could could consider and they're also some players that aren't coming off the buy. So, maybe some players that are going well, but would you chase them even though they have their buy to come? So, the first name I'm throwing at you is Nat Fife. Yeah, I'm keen on it. I've been I've been pushing him as an option for the last few weeks to to our a group of fantasy coaches. Um, 445K, B is 79. So you could possibly wait on him, but I think if you're looking for, you know, a low mid-price option to get you through the buyers, then I'd, I'd be, that's a move I'd certainly be looking at. I wouldn't want him on my field coming out of the buyers though. So I would, you know, I would look to move a rookie to him. Possibly Atkins this week could go to Fife. It's sort of a like for like, nets you a bit of cash. Five should have JS. And I think his scoring is going to go up. Last time he played mids was 2021. Um, and he averaged 88.7 in 13 non-injury, uh, uh, yeah, non-injury affected games. Stumbled my way through that. <laughs> but 87.1, 88.7. Jesus Christ, boys. <laughs> I can't I can't speak here. I've got all my stats Right next to each other, and we're having a having an issue, mate. Apparently, I can't, I can't read anymore. <laughs> Going cross-eyed. Eighty-eight point seven in thirteen non-injury affected games. Um, I don't think he is going to be at that mark this year. You know, he's a little bit older. He's thirty-one now, almost thirty-two. His body's just taken an absolute beating over the years. But um, I think you know at least seventy-five if he's playing that mid-roll, and that's really what you want from him at the price. Yeah, if he does 75, I think he's a good pick. But for where he's at, I think you can you can take a look at him for a week. With What's his break even, did you say? 79. 79, yeah. You can definitely get a look at him first, um, see how he looks coming off the bye, see if, see if you get a whole game of midfield time out of him, and then maybe you could jump on. He's already had his bye, so, you know. Yeah, I agree. He, there's you know a small chance that he could well, – not even a small chance, I guess. He could drop – a little bit in price again this week, and then one of your rookies can, I guess, go up in price, and it can cost you even less to make that swap. So, yeah. All right, and another name for you, Ben Keys. <laughs> Baba I mean, Yaga. You, you all know we love him, but I, look, I, I, this is an honest question. All right, I'm pretending I'm a non-owner. Everyone, get him. Trade anyone. Trade Tim English to him through DPP. Tim Taranto <laughs> to Ben Keys. Dunks to Keys. Tom Green to Ben Keys. Anyone you have in your team to Ben Keys and Ben Keys will just take you the rest of the way, mate. These other guys, they're just not on his level, to be honest. Keys is the goat, mate. <laughs> okay. He's the absolute goat. Nah, look, in all seriousness, yeah. Just get him. Yeah. All right. So you you mate you were saying it in a joking way, now you're saying it in a serious way. What's he what's he averaging in his midtime this year? Like 116 from the two games? Yeah, now? it must be. He could easily be a 105 for the rest of the year if he stays in the midfield. And he's such a fun player to own. Watching him stand on rail at stoppages and then sprint forward, it was orgasmic. <laughs> Every single time he just burnt rail, got in front of him, and I was like, key snag is coming, boys. 
It's just, it was exhilarating, mate. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, he's got the I, wheels. He does he, have the wheels. He's got it all, mate. He's got the <laughs> looks. He's got the wheels. He's a powerful man. He's got money in the bank. He just, I just, I wish I was him, to be honest. I want to be Ben. He is him. All right. Ben Keys. Yeah, you can do it. I'm saying you can do it. Um, But again, it's not. What is he a must have? I don't yes. think so. No, I don't think so. I <laughs> don't think so. It comes mate. with risk. You can- <laughs> There's no risk attached. Okay, Keeves is just straight up being up. so facetious right now. But honestly, it still comes with risk because. Okay, here I'm playing devil's advocate. Adelaide lost. Ben, ben Keyes is going to come ki- for you. He mate, was if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> he kicked it at like what thirty percent. Let me check that. I hope. I hope Ben doesn't hear what you're about to say because, to, to be honest, right now you're bringing shame to not only this podcast but to our family, and you're just you're disappointing me with your keys, your anti-key sentiments. Six turnovers, thirty-six percent disposal efficiency. <laughs> Kick two snags, mate. No, nah, no, nah, he was he awesome. Took, he he took actually Rao had a great to the game. cleaners, mate. Yeah, he took him forward. He took him to the square, and he just said, "Big Matty Rao, you're just no match for me, mate. Get off me. <laughs> I'm the big bad Ben." Got. He got the job done. 123, mate. He is so cheap. I haven't even looked at his price this week. He, he could cost- I think he's 625. He could be 1.1 mil and I'd still get him. <laughs> he's an absolute- 621. Star. 621. Nah. We're, saying, we're saying he could be a buyer. It, it's all buyer dependent, I guess. But In, in all seriousness, with, with the risk attached and you know the, the possibility, because if he does go forward- you know, he's dropped a 40, a 50, I think possibly even a 30 this year in that forward role. So if you are keen, this is probably the last week that the, I guess, the amount of money that you have to pay outweighs like the risk attached to him. Yeah. Um. You know, his, his price, he's just so cheap for a guy that has the potential to average 105. Um. But yeah, once he starts getting up to that 700k range, you'd probably be better off spending a little bit more and getting someone with a safer role, more more JS in their role. Because yeah, he's a risk. But Keebs loves the risk, and Keebs is having a good time being a keys owner. All right, stop what you're doing. It is time for the baby giraffe check-in. Giraffe. 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 Riley O'Brien, as I like to say, is the unrivaled virtuoso of the footballing realm who dazzles with mesmerizing finesse, commanding the pitch and etching an everlasting legacy as the unequivocal paragon of greatness. Riley O'Brien this week scored 70. 70 flat. What a build-up. He kicked a ni- very nice goal. Kicked a nice goal from the rut contest. Uh, but in all honesty, he got absolutely minced, you, minced by wits. You got up and about for the goal, though. You messaged me about it. It was awesome. I was like, yeah, the Riley O'Brien checking is going to be fun this week. I'm writing up a little thing about him. Rob is such a stud. We just love South Australian players, mate. <laughs> we do. I don't know how that's happened, but. I, me either. We're not, we're not from SA. We're from no. WA. But, hey. Wah. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, man, the baby giraffe. Gets the job done. Rob is our mascot. We say it every week. Yeah. We shout are pro, pro Rob podcast. Shout and, out to uh, the baby giraffe. Yeah. Shout out. All right. Let's keep moving with our player discussion. Next, we've got Kieran Briggs. What a guy. <laughs> what a stud, mate. I can't believe it. Phenomenal stuff. 
We said we said he crushed it. We recommended him last week for those of you who were listening. So kudos to us for being dead set legends. But now it's hard to see a way that you could get to him feasibly. Like yeah. Darcy, Darcy was the pathway last week. Absolutely. And kudos to you if you did it because yeah, just awesome, awesome job. You got a great score out of it. And he looks like he's going to keep doing well. He does, man. He, it, he it, looks like a primo, man. It's shades of Steph Martin from yeah. what, like eight years ago or <laughs> maybe even more when he came into the team and started being an absolute stud, like a yeah. kind of undersized Rockman who can pace. He's like strong. He's fit. He's having an awesome year, but yeah, there's, it's hard to see the way you would get to him. Like you're not paying that much for an R3 now. There's not really any rucks currently going around that you would look to trade out that are not injured. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I hate to say it, but maybe if you're one of the few Rob owners, that's a move that you could look at doing. I'm yeah. sorry, Riley. <laughs> Possibly even Wits. I, like I would consider Wits to Briggs, bit of a cash grab, but it's just so backwards with, with everything we talk about with buy structure. Like Wits has the the juicy golden round thirteen buy. That is irrelevant for Rux though. That buy, like it, it, in a line where you only have two players playing, ha, like having that buy makes no difference. Like no, what, but what I'm saying is you trade. The thing is, Briggs has the round fifteen buy, which I know a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are going to be heavy with. So you're trading someone who would have been playing on round fifteen to someone who's now not going to be tr- playing. Yeah, when you're already probably heavy, you're just making the situation worse. Yeah, you know p- what I mean? Like you sort of just have to ride out wits, I reckon. Potentially, but yeah, you know, Rob, if you're a Rob owner, po- possibly even still like a Sean Darcy owner, if, if you decided to hold, I, I still think you yeah. can make that move, even though, you know, he could play through. It's just Briggs, I just like what he's doing and he's still so underpriced for that average. What's he averaging, like 105? Something crazy like that, yeah. It's ridiculous. I wish man. he had forward status, man. That would have been He'd perfect. Been, perfect. He'd been, been everyone's perfect. team. Yeah, and he would have would have been much like the guy that I'm going to throw up to you next, which is Darcy Cameron. Now, we both brought him in this week, and he scored a 109 for us, looked really good in two of those quarters. And then two looked <laughs> disgustingly bad. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Look, you, you riff for a bit, and I'm going to get the quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown. I remember off the top. Go. He scored 10 in the first, 50 in the second, 7 in the third, and then 42 in the fourth. So... In two of those quarters, he combined for 17. Yep. And then the other two. He combined for 92. 92, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, mate. Yeah. It was that a f- is a tale of two halves. It was a funny watch as an owner because after quarter time, we were like, man, just panic. And then at halftime, we were like, yeah, absolute genius. <laughs> Three quarter time, we were stressed that he might not turn up and then gets to almost 110. Yeah. What a what a roller coaster. But to, in, in terms of bringing him in this week, I play Melbourne this week and then have the buy. So I don't think you're going to bring in a guy who's, you know, has possibly the hardest matchup for Rucks in the league. He's not a particularly dominant tap Ruckman. Um, and then he's got the buy. I just think if you're keen on him, you just wait now. You until, have to wait. Until yep. the buy is gone. Yep. Last week was the week to jump. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Now, you really wanted to talk about this one, and maybe it's a good time to segue into our nincompoop check-in. Ollie Wines, the nincompoop, the magician of mediocrity, consistently conjuring up average performances on the field. This week, he scored a 90 with 24 touches and a snag. So actually was not so mediocre. He was pretty good and he's building quite nicely. 
You've got all these little like mini mini bio spiels yeah. about yeah. everyone, mate. It's, yeah. it's interesting. It's, it's all part of my introduction. Love it. Um, yeah, Wines has found some decent form. I still stand by my bold prediction of him not turning up until round 17. Um, but I think he's, from this point on, is going to be at least a 90 plus. Just looks like he looked earlier in the year like he'd been carrying some sort of injury, but he started heating up. He's looking solid. I think the week off when he has it will do him a world of good, and then he's going to be, yeah, 90-plus. Possibly could go back to somewhat a resemblance of his premium numbers, and he's 690K. So he's someone that I'm I'm kind of keen on. His buy is just in that awkward, awkward spot. I'm saying post-buy. If, you, if you're even going to... If you're going to go there, uh, I don't know. The issue really is that because his BE now is so low and his form is improving, it's likely that he would get to close to 750K by the time his buyer rolls around. And I think that's a little bit much much to pay. So if you are keen, I think this is the week to go and then you just hope for the improvement to come. Do Do you swap for another round 15 player? Yeah, I think you could. I think that's probably the way... That you can do it and I, survive. I was looking at Sheasel to him for what well, I mean, it's it's still Sunday, so it's a possibility, but you know, Sheasel to him is is something that I've sort of been considering. It's nets you about 80, 90k, and you're getting a rookie. She's is still a rookie off at the end of the day. And I think Wines is going to improve. He already has, like his four round average is close to that 90 mark, right around the 90 mark. So I just think it's a solid pickup. I don't know how I feel about that. You're talking about someone who's on the non-ton run for someone who after the first month was in the top three fantasy players in the competition. It's just for for comparison, it's like a lot of people were jumping on Matt Kennedy in weeks gone by and Ollie Wines has way better numbers over a much longer time period, has better JS, better role security, I just I think he's a solid option. Sometimes with these guys, you just have to look past the the immediate like prior form and just really back him in to return to his his primo ways. Because I mean, this guy won a Brownlow Medal a year and a half ago. It's not that long, hey. It's not at all. Like it, it's it's not like he's just suddenly turned into a bad footballer. Like he's he's still going to be a beast. He's only twenty eight. You know, I think he's twenty eight. Yeah, possibly like twenty nine. Yeah, but you know he he hasn't hit the age of thirty. Like, there's no reason for him to be declined other than just carrying little niggles here and there. So the week off will freshen him up. He's already improved. I just think he's at least going ninety plus for the rest of the year. It could it could be a huge move for the price. I mean, you you talk about it. You you always get keen on guys like this. Um, sometimes to your detriment, but. Man, <sighs> he is 28, by the way. I was right. 28, yeah. Um, but like even Dom Sheed just before, you say he's got years, years and years of history and you go, he played three average games to start the year. I mean, he's, he's coming off a whole year of not playing football. Of course, he started slow and it's like, bang, it's Dom Sheed doing what he does. Yeah, um, this- yeah. Like what you said, this is a guy who's been an uber primo for like two years and won a brown low a year and a half ago. There's, there's no way that he's just a 70 guy now. He is the second most recent Brownlow medalist. Yeah. Like he, he's going to be good. I just think, you know, jump on blindly, but we did it this week with Cameron and Keys. It, it's it's paid off. It's just, he's a primo. He's, when he's rolling, he's like one of the better players in the AFL. Better, not best. Cop that, Harry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I like the move. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. All right, great. I've got one more name for you and then we'll wrap up our Knights of the Roundtable discussion. And the name is 
Bailey Dale. So his last four, he's gone 106, 130, 81, which was in the Northern Territory in a game that none of... Flag. Flag. Yeah, well, actually a big flag because none of the outside players did well at all. I mean, Atkins dropped a 30. Fiorini dropped a 30. Dale and then got th- himself to 81. And then this week, most recent week, scored a 118. This week in the NT, outside player scores were down as well. So that must just be... It's just a thing, mate. It is, it's just... It's real. Um, um, but Bailey Dale... Okay, so think about this. Ever since JJ went down, he's been he's been racking up. Ed Richards just got himself injured. Man, it could be it could be a smash play. Yeah, I think I think he's in that lower range of primo and he's still underpriced for what he's going to do. So if you're keen, I like the move. It's probably not one for me. He's just he's just a touch more expensive than what I would like to pay, 768k. But like I said, I think he's in that that sort of premium level just under Uber in defense, you know, he's probably going to be from now, like a low 90s for the rest of the picture, year. Picture Jake but, Lloyd type numbers. But, man, oh. Low 90s. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Look, yeah, I don't know. It it's That feels like a weird comparison to me. But Really? Yeah. I That's just in my head. It's like, yeah, like someone you'd be like happy with but not like smashing it. Yeah. I just, I think, yeah, low 90s is really the most you can expect unless he's just having a sort of random mid-season breakout because his what, his best average to this point of his career is also low nineties, so it's it's hard to see him really going beyond that in any yeah. way. Yeah, maybe not. All right, so that wraps up our nights of the roundtable discussion. Hang on, oh, I've got one more player for you who I wanted to touch on. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were going to wrap it up there, Judson Clark. I'm saying this because I know. Not many people are keen, and it's a very left field one. But he's 285k. He's played 10 games in a row. The reason that his price is so low now is because he's been the sub a lot. But scored 60 on the weekend, kicked two snags, was one of Richmond's sort of more solid players from their outing, which was a win. I think if he can, I think he can maintain a low 50s average, and if he avoids the sub, could be a great rookie now to to jump on. What do you think? It's a, it's a cheeky one. It is, I don't know. It's not for me, but I. <laughs> there are all kinds of rookies that just like slip your gaze that you just never think about that end up doing really well um, that just don't get talked about. And he could easily be one of them that gets it done. I think so. The, the, the issue, and I think the reason he's not being talked about is because he wasn't a rookie to start the year, but he's priced himself down into rookie range because he was the sub so much. Yeah. But- you know, I've got guys like Roberts, Drury, Chesser, like guys who aren't even getting a game in my team. Someone who's played 10 games in a row, even though he has been the sub, like that 60 this week would have been so valuable in a lot of teams. And it, scores like that will be valuable throughout the rest of the buys. So I, it's it's just a, a left field rookie who I'm keen on that I think has sort of slipped through the cracks a bit. Great. Awesome. So that wraps up our roundtable discussion for this week. All right, we're coming back to you with a new segment that we've called Inaccurate News. We noticed 
all the other podcasts, fantasy podcasts, have their own news segments. We thought we'd we'd try and bring our own one in, but normally we record on a Sunday night. So a lot of the injury news isn't actually, you know, out. There's no projected timeline. Sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so has done an ankle. They're waiting to get scans. So what I'm going to do is first off, I'll start by listing players and Jados, I want you to tell me what their injury is and how long they'll be out for. <laughs> this is just, oh, so I'm I just, so, I'm terrible at all this stuff. And you, you're just going to embarrass me on the podcast. So they, these first few, there actually is timelines out about. Okay. So like injuries known, timeline is known. I want you to guess all right, both. Okay. All right. And then for, I'll do another half for guys who's, timeline is unknown but you know we know what the injury is vaguely and then i want you to just try and guess for those players what the injury is <laughs> all right hit me with it okay so the first player is will hoskin elliott <laughs> man i honestly i can't remember i i did watch this game the thing i do remember <laughs> is vision of him at the end on the exercise bike and he was smiling so so he was a happy chap well yeah he was like smiling i mean they did they won the game uh, Interesting. I'm going to say it's not too bad because he was smiling. All right. Exercise bike suggests to me that it's probably not soft tissue. I'm guessing an ankle. Two weeks. All right. So it is an ankle. Yeah. But he is listed as possible likely this week. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. a solid start. So it's, a, it's a good guess considering he was smiling. I should have said one week, really. I'll, I'll give that to you. That, right, that's right, a good right. start. All right. The next player is Tom Duday. What was his injury? How long is he out for? It, he was he was subbed quickly. I remember that. We, we should just flag that like, because we watch, you know, basically all of the footy content throughout the week and we watch for fantasy purposes, you kind yeah. of, this you sort of stuff, pay attention. yeah, kind of just goes by the wayside and you don't exactly <laughs> remember, especially if the player is not necessarily fantasy relevant. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Dude, right? oh, man, I, I want to say it was a soft tissue one. I'm saying hamstring and he was subbed pretty quick. Five weeks. ACL and he's out for the year. Oh, no. <laughs> That's oh a, no! That's a mare there, man. Oh, that is a mare. You're one and one so far. I've got to keep. Oh, I've got to all right, keep, keep it moving. This. Keep Oh, shout out to Dude. I'm sorry, Tom. We're not. La- we're not laughing at you, mate. I'm laughing at Jados's just, just fail, <laughs> absolute fail. All right, Ed Richards is the next one. That was a hamstring. I saw that. Subbed very quickly down in the rooms. Looked sad. Five weeks. All right, so. That, that one is a hammy, yeah. yeah. But the timeline is largely unknown. They guessed four weeks. Okay, I'm, I'm giving that a tick. I'm getting a point for that. But waiting, still waiting for scans. Yeah, so okay. it, right. that one's kind of like a half and half. But yeah, you got it right. I'll give it to you. Yeah. The next one is Bont. Yeah, so this was weird. I was watching this closely. It happened at the same time as Ed Richards. Um, he went down into the rooms. The, they didn't even say anything during the games. They were like, Bont's not there. And then he came out with all this strapping around his knee, but he played out the game. I'm going to say that he's fine because he played out the game, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you've nailed it. It's, okay. it, it was a little knee injury and he's, he'll play this what, week. What, what is a little knee injury? Like, what does that mean? No, I just, don't know. Just, I don't, just I don't know much about footy injuries. 
Right. Anyway, we'll move on. I don't know. All right, the next player that has a set timeline, this is the last one, is Bo McCreary. I'm going to say it's not too bad. I don't I don't know. I didn't watch this part of the game. Um, ankle as well. I'm guessing ankle, and I reckon it's not too bad because he tried to come back on and then and then ended up getting subbed. So I'm saying it's one week, ankle. Mate, you've nailed it again. It's, yes! It's foot slash ankle, and it's possible to play. Yes! So, uh, that's, so that, I'm, t- I'm two from four. That's zero to one week. I'll, I'll give it to you, mate. That's that's solid. That's two from four. The only that's shocker was due day. Three from, three from five. Three from five. Okay, I'll take that. Even three, better. Three from five. Solid stuff. All right, so now the next list of players yep. is players who are injured, but there's not a set timeline out. They okay. still haven't right. had scans right. or... Whatever. And um, so what am I guessing? So you're just going to guess what the injury is All and right. then- Together we just speculate. Yeah, together All we'll right. just speculate right. on okay. All right. how long it will be. Are these relevant players? Uh, not. No, it's just- Some are- Just some. for fun. Some are sort of relevant, but right. the first one, so is Elijah Hewitt. Oh, he got minced. Absolutely. He got murked. <laughs> he did get, he did get murked. Oh, which I'm sure I guess we'll talk about Degoe as well. Yeah, that was but the second part. Let's talk it. about Hewitt first. Well, I don't know what he got subbed out with because I turned it on after this happened, but concussion. Yeah, yeah. It was concussion. So at least one week. Yeah, the 12 days. Oh. I reckon he- Was he, he like was, knocked out? Did you see it? Yeah, I did see it. He, got, he did get cleaned up. I don't think he was full KO'd. It might just be one week then. I think he was just struggling. I, I, I'm going to say two weeks. The tricky thing with Hewitt though is he's a fringe player anyway, so he might just might not come back. Yeah, maybe we'll say we'll say a week or two and he's out for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm saying I'm saying two weeks until we see him again. Yeah. All right. And then Dugowie. Dugowie is that so next? How long is Dugowie going to get? How long do we think? I'm uh, saying a month. Yeah, I reckon, I'm going to say three three weeks. Yeah. He just you don't jump. That's that's the problem. You don't jump and bump. Bump. That's a that's a week or two. You jump. <laughs> you, you, that's three at least three weeks at least yeah. don't jump guys do not jump don't that do- is that is the that is the message that is the what what's the word i'm looking for the <laughs> lesson that's the lesson for today when you're going up for a big contested mark in the goal square you just feet on the ground don't jump hands up <laughs> ben brown style really just reach those big arms up that's it but yeah I, I reckon, don't jump guys don't do it i reckon to go against three all right. The next one is Shannon Hearn. What's his injury? <laughs> this I do not know. This this is a complete guess. We're covering every injury calf we, we saw over the weekend as well. Calf. Hamstring. Oh, that's pretty close, mate. It's an old man injury. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jack Silvani. Oh, I didn't know he got... I thought it was a tack sub. No, subbed out with an injury. Okay. Uh, <sighs> you won't get it. Really? Nah, no chance. All right, shoulder. Nah, hip. Hip. Yeah, All hip. right. You don't see a lot of those, do you, mate? No, you don't. All right. Uh, we'll go <laughs> Hugh Greenwood. Hugh Gr- no, I saw this one. He got KO'd. It was disgusting. The knee. It was bad. It yeah. was actually really bad. Yeah, for those of you that didn't see the vision, don't don't watch it. Yeah. It's honestly- oh, sorry, the vision itself of the KO is 
or not KO, but of the of the bump of the knee to the face, to the is, face. is not too bad. But then the, the vision of him after, vision. Yeah, yeah, he's like sitting on the floor, like legs crossed, and he's just like so dazed. The trainers with him, and he gets on like his like, his hands and knees yeah. and just like starts like gagging and looking like he's gonna puke everywhere. It's like, man, he's in. He's in a world of pain. Yeah, that was really, really bad. Shout, shout out to Hugh. Actually, you never like to see that sort of stuff. No. I hope hope he's okay, Hugh Greenwood, because yep. that was yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, it was nasty. Actually, pretty confronting to to watch. All right, the last one we'll do. I was going to go through every single one from the weekend. But nah, it's too much. It is too much. There's, there's only a few left, but we'll do one more. One more. Uh, Dylan Shield. Oh, I see. I watched a lot of this game, but I didn't watch this. No, he did two things actually, didn't he? I heard it on the radio. I heard it on the radio on the way here tonight. He, oh, shit. What is <laughs> I've cooked this. I literally heard it on the radio like two hours ago. Uh, oh. I don't, I'm sorry. What is it? He, he was subbed with an ankle. I reckon it was oh, it was the same thing that he had that he reflared the thing they yeah. said it on the radio. Yeah, I reckon he. But he, he also copped a like a he got winded as well, so they're just like, nah, you can just go. Yeah, I reckon he's gonna miss possibly a week or two. What do you reckon? Yeah, for Hobbsy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't be. You're happy. a bad person. I'm sorry, the the. <laughs> The, the inaccurate news has just brought out the goofy the goofiness in me. It has. The the one other injury I've got written down here. Actually, sorry, there's two more. Bowie and Simkin both also got concussed over the weekend. That's basically all the, the injury news from the weekend. Um, yeah, okay. Obviously, there'll be more that comes out through the week, but they're all like sort of the big ones that came out as we went. Yeah. Yeah, that was inaccurate news, mate. That was, yeah. that was pretty it fun. It was a bit of fun. <laughs> Yeah, the, I think in future weeks it'd be good to talk about some of those contentious, like dangerous tackles. Um, For sure, there wasn't really many of those this week. So, no. yeah, no. I think the more that happens, it was, it was a relatively quiet week on the injury front and on this like suspension front. So, yeah, the more the more stuff that happens, I think we'll we'll bring that out and maybe we'll condense the segment a bit and just yeah, we'll find a way, have some laughs. <laughs> All right, it is time for the Cousins Crystal Ball. <sighs> Professor Filoni. He will return tonight. Sorry? Uh, okay. <laughs> We're laughing because <laughs> the sting, <laughs> normally we edit the sting in. It's just, it's the way we've been operating. And so we found that sting <laughs> and then decided to edit it in after recording the pods. So the last two pods, we've recorded the segment, put the sting in, and so we haven't addressed <laughs> the, the, the comedic sting that we've decided to include. He will return tonight. Every time I listen to the pod, it gets me, mate. It, get, it gets me so good. Oh, funny stuff. <laughs> it's just solid stuff. It is pretty funny. It is, it's funny sting for the segment. Anyway, this is the Cousins Crystal Ball where we go through and make bold predictions for the week. Um, yeah. Bold predictions. Nice, mate. <laughs> nah. <laughs> well, I just wanted to touch on a couple of our previous predictions. All right, do it. Um, well, last week I said that Ben Keys would average 90 plus for five weeks and it goes out and drops a 123. What a so start. That, oh, that is a good start. 
Um, English, I said he's going to get pig status, drops a 158. So massive. Things went pretty well for me. And you said, what did you say? Well, last week I said that Merritt was going to go 150 plus and be the highest scorer of the round. He went 150 plus and was the second highest scorer of the round. So I'm claiming that. I'm absolutely claiming that. 155. Actually, the exact score I called was 157. So that's that's as close as it gets at the higher end, mate. And the other prediction that I have made previously was Dom Sheed would average 90 plus for the rest of the year. And since I made that prediction, he's averaged 106. So wizard. Yep. Absolute wizard. Wizard. Other than, other than the prediction that I made that Atkins would. What did I say? He'd average 85. 85 plus and stay in the team through the buys. And he could stay, but he's going to need a couple of monster scores to get his average to 85. Yeah, hopefully Stewie Jew throws him back to half back. The, the real, the mare that I made two weeks ago was I said Simkin would average 97 plus for the rest of the year. He scored 69 and then he got subbed out this week on seven. He's just not going to get there from there. Probably not. No, but definitely not. Yeah, look. There's no way. It's, it's unfortunate. I'm just calling it injury affected. And if we can all just forget about it, that would be good. Yep. <laughs> and let's just let's just monitor how humor cluggage goes because yeah, that was clug. also part of the same prediction. Come on, clug, mate. <laughs> Get the job done. Butt clug. All right. Um, that's hot. That's hot. All right. Uh, what's your prediction for this week? All right. This week, I'm going Andy Brayshaw to drop a 140 plus against the Tigers. That is my bold prediction for this week. Another short-term one. I just think straight off the bye, Andy's going to be red hot, raring to go. And the Giants, (laughs) you're looking at me and giggling because I stuttered just then and now I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Uh, But no, the Tigers have been giving up some solid scores lately. The Giants had a little bit of a field day on them. Callan Ward almost scored a 140 this week. So I think Andy Brayshaw is going to drop a massive one on the Tigers. All right. Well... Are you happy with that? I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a. I'm an Andy Brayshaw owner. Is it bold enough? Yeah. What anything that's claiming a 140 plus is is bold. All right, I'll take it. Um, that's my prediction. You see, the thing that makes me flat though is that my prediction for this week was also going to be a one week, and it was just going to be someone's going to go massive. Yeah, go and for it. Just, it. No, that's all right. Yeah, but it's just too similar to yours. Well, I've got another. I've got another one ready to go as well. I have another one too. But well, let's do let's do two in one week. Man. But I want to go with instinct, you know. Otherwise, you you know, two, nah, two in one week. Come on, let's do it. All right, fans want it. Number one, Jack Steele goes one thirty plus this week. I like it. Who have they got? I can't actually remember. They play the on Friday night, and they are playing Thursday night, isn't Thursday it? Thursday night. You're right, Sydney. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. No, that's. I'll take that. One thirty. He's been in pretty inconsistent form. That'd be a nice way to start the weekend. Oh, well, mate, he's coming into my team. I'm telling you, one thirty plus for Jack Steele. And the other one is that everyone's going to hate me for this, but Tim Taranto ton run ending this week. This week. Yep. It's over. Wow. Against Frio. Yep. That's. Interesting, mate. Interesting. I just have a feeling. This is the week. Yeah. Freo have been giving up lots of points. I reckon he's going big on it. But, well, I'll have egg on my face, but I'll still be a happy owner. So, All right. Well, my, my second one I'll make for the rest of the year is Ollie Wines 90 plus for the rest of the season. But you have a previous prediction that is Ollie Wines won't break the ton run, ton run for another four weeks. And I'm making another one 90 plus for the rest of the so year. So you really, you're really going to have to like, you're really timing his his bounce back, his turnaround. You know what? I'll, I'll bump got- it up even <laughs> higher. 90 
three plus for the rest of the year. Deal. Yeah. Deal. All right. But still doesn't turn up till round 17. <laughs> both. I'm I can't going, believe it. I'm going both ways oh. and it's, it's both going to hit. <laughs> no, neither believe. are going to hit. <laughs> Shout out to the nincompoop. He's going to yeah. get the job done. Yeah. All right. So those are our bold predictions for this week. All right. We're going to finish off the pod with some fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. Right, so this week I'm doing another fantasy proverb. My team turned it around last week and it was because of my own words of wisdom via Peter Lafleur from Dodgeball. Don't have goals. Didn't have goals this week and was just handsomely rewarded by just fun, just fun. I just had a, a good week, mate. It was enjoyable. So I'm going to stick with a similar tone and come at you with a quote from Ron Burgundy from Anchorman 2. <laughs> Life isn't a fairy tale. It's not a bunch of jumping rope and grabbing ass. It's complicated. And what that means is that bad things will happen in life. But it's those bad things that let you appreciate the good moments. The bounce back this week for me felt so good because my team was so bad prior to it. So if you embrace the darkness and understand that bad times are going to come, those good times will just feel so much better, mate. Hmm. touching, touching, touching. I think it's just a good way to enjoy the game as well, you know? You know, you're never going to be up forever. So it's just, it's it's a good reminder to enjoy it when you are, you know? Uh, absolutely. It's been a good week, hasn't it? <clears throat> it's been a great week. Ben Keys. Ben Keys. All right. And uh, my, my fantasy proverb for this week is in line with the whole Ben Keys decision and just taking those risks, cuz. Ben I think Keys. It's, it's that time of the season. So here's my proverb. Don't think outside the box. Think like there is no box. What? <laughs> In AFL Fantasy, mate, we're presented with a virtual box defined by rules and limitations and conventional strategies. But cousin, let me tell you, let me challenge you to transcend those boundaries. To think like there is no box means to take risks, it means to embrace the unknown, and it means to trust in our ability to discover hidden gems. This is what we've done. This is what we've always been doing as fantasy coaches. I don't know why we weren't like that at the start of the year, why we're playing it so safe, but... Ben Keys. As, yeah, as soon as we took the leap of faith, we trusted ourselves with our instinct, it happened. It's through these bold choices that legends are born, that the cousins are born. The buys are a time to make real moves, because real moves. The greatest victories are forged in the fire's of unbound imagination. This week was the turning point and Ben, was. ben Keys is the chosen one. He is the chosen one and DC is the chosen one's apprentice. <laughs> Darcy Cameron, sold stuff as well. DC. And uh, you know, you know what thinking outside, no, you know what deleting the box means for this week? What does it mean? Nincompoop. Oh, <laughs> it could mean that. It absolutely Nincompoop. could. It could, mate. It could be done. If you, I feel like you're challenging me right now. Judson Clark, nincompoop. If you don't follow through with it. I'll do it, mate. I'll do it you're just for you. You're not winning a hat. Wow. I'll do it just for you. Just for you, mate. And our <laughs> listeners, I will commit. Your fantasy proverb is going to take me to the promised land. I'm already on the path. I set myself on the path last week without no goals. I don't need goals. And now, no goals, but take risks. And that's what I'm going to do. 
and I'm going to get there and you're coming with me, mate. Nincompoop for you too. I'm bringing you on board. We're doing it. The it's cousins happening. are doing it. It's happening. We, we talked ourselves both into Darcy Cameron and Ben Keys last week. And this week we're talking ourselves into Ollie Oliver Wines. Yeah. All it's right. happening, mate. I love it. Lockjaw himself. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think that's a good time to wrap it up. Sure is, mate. Follow us on Twitter at The Cousins Pod. At The Cousins Pod. At The Cousins Pod. We do all our best work there. We uh, try and post funny stuff. We try and post relevant stuff. We discuss players. We react to the games. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Good luck for the rest of the buys. Stay nifty with all the news. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.